guys and welcome back to another episode of Little Miss Messy. I'm joined today by my wonderful friend Gabby from high school. So we endured all of that boarding school trauma together and it really brought us closer. We were friends since our measly freshman year when we had no idea what we were doing. Would literally, <laughs> we'll go into this more, but we would run sprint by the sandbox where all of the upperclassmen were into our little library cave <laughs> and we've really evolved since then um she is truly known as the career queen in my mind she also is just the best person to spill tea with and catch up with and i adore her to pieces so here we go with the next segment talking with gabrielle Welcome back. I am joined today by my high school bestie, Gabby. Gabby, you want to introduce yourself? Okay. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Gabby. I am from New Jersey. Um, sadly, um, no, I shouldn't say that because Jersey's fun. Gretchen's <laughs> also from Jersey. <laughs> Jersey girls, we're proud. Jersey girls. Um, Dirty Jersey. Yeah, we're we're thriving. Um, I just graduated from Northwestern University. Um, it's right outside okay. Chicago. Yeah, it was um it was nice. Um, I studied film there and TV, um, and other things, but that's the main thing. Um, and it was really fun. So yeah. Yeah, pretty much Gabby's a powerhouse, and she's just being very humble. But um, <laughs> so we've known each other since literally freshman year of high school yeah. and she was with me literally doing the stupid we will rock you musical <laughs> so yes. she can talk about that yeah that in her era but um yeah. so pretty much we've known each other for a while now and pretty much we're going into i guess the same industry now and so i yeah. thought who better to be the first guest than gabby peter because <laughs> you know she's gonna be on the big screen one day so yeah. why not prepare her now why not exactly now? exactly so it's a better time than ever um and yeah so obviously gabby just graduated too so we're both going through this like post-grad transition, both of us living at home, figuring out like next step. But yeah, do yeah. you want to talk a little bit about like where you plan on living and all that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I am planning a movie to LA. Um, that is where a lot of the stuff that I want to do, um, that's like the headquarters, that's the base of it all in entertainment is LA. A lot of it's in New York too. Um, but for what I want to do, I want to write and act and direct all that stuff. Um, that is in LA. So that's where I'm headed. Okay, also, Shonda really Rhimes. Nice. Yeah, you know, try my best. So yeah. No, yeah. So me and Gabby, even though we both want to go into entertainment, both on different coasts, it's a struggle, but yeah. So we're both going through that stage right now. Um, and I would say, especially in high school, both of us literally had like a complete different idea of what we wanted to do. Like, oh, yeah, Gabby, like <laughs> you wanted to, you could talk about it yourself. Like you started off yeah. like thinking like engineering, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, that was definitely a really interesting time. I think, um, <laughs> We've, we've all grown since then yeah we've definitely really. grown um little backstory behind the engineering thing is that my brother my older brother um he is an engineer and um my mom was like oh you know 
I have immigrant parents from Haiti and they are very traditional in the Mm. way in the sense that my mom was just like you need a job that's stable you need like an industry that's stable because in high school I originally went to like just study English um so she was like you have to do and like engineering so I took all the AP classes and all the stuff that made me look really good at engineering so I applied to college as an engineering student I got into college as an engineering student I dropped engineering two weeks before I started Northwestern um but I had applied dual degree engineering and um tv film so I ended up just doing all the things I wanted and because I dropped engineering I was able to study all these other things that I really wanted to study so it was fun we love that for you oh my god I didn't know that you were like a joint major at first with film oh yeah I I actually applied like all the schools I applied engineering so props to me regular decision I applied engineering and I got into all the schools that I got into so props to me I'm proud of myself for that no Um, Gabby that was a struggle had people knocking on her door, these nosy people at her competitive oh high god. school <laughs> would be asking Gabby, oh my god, where are you going? Where'd you get into? It was yeah. actually nonstop in the most like annoying, chaotic environment, especially yeah, during bad. that time when decisions came out. Like, Oh yeah, that was bad. And- oh, I got in trouble. <laughs> oh my god. With no, what, what were you going to say? What were you going to say? I was going to say Mr. Mr. Blank. Yeah. I'll call him. He pretty much got people to like reveal their top choice school in class once like he was I remember using it as like a fun little I remember this yeah he was telling us it was like a fun little icebreaker oh like let's go around and say like our where we're applying ed1 Ew. thank god no one else had like amherst which is where I yeah. applied ED1. but like it was really like awkward because I remember at one point there were two girls that were both ed to tufts neither went which is crazy but i feel like they ended up where they were supposed to but it was actually the most uncomfortable thing because like knowing our school like that's the last thing you want to ask people oh yeah i didn't even tell you guys i didn't even tell my best friends where i wanted to end up um until because it was so i think it was so um, so nerve-wracking yeah it was it was like that and i think like for me i had a teacher um who kind of cornered me um the beginning of this was like preseason so like you know how like the the senior council had to come to school like a week early or like two weeks early I don't remember um but I had a teacher and she cornered me and she was like hey Gabby like what schools um are you looking at like what's your top choice um and I was like um I don't know and she got upset with me and she was like yes you do um and I was like no I don't really um I don't know um she maybe had a child that she was looking out for her best interest and thought I was her child's competition yes um so she was like what schools have you toured and stuff like that and I was like girly leave me alone um this teacher also did try to sabotage my grade junior year because she did not want me to do well um because she and we thought hate- I was competition mm-hmm. yeah so much. we hate to see it we'll, we we'll hate talk to see about it. that in the lessons learned later but oh um, for sure there were there were plenty of people that were kind of preying on Gabby's downfall <laughs> no it was actually bar- bad it was actually really bad <laughs> 
But yes, people people were definitely praying on my downfall. Consistently. But look at where you are now, you know, Yeah. on the up and up after high school. Um, Yeah. but it was definitely an era, um, definitely interesting. Me and Gabby started off really, you know, different fashion sense, different Oh, career God. path, different. Um, I mean, we were always like, <laughs> you were always outgoing. We would go to the library a lot, let's just say, oh, yeah. like, We you were know, like we would nerdy, kind of, though. When we started we were nerdy. out, we were We really were nerdy. like, we weren't the typical nerds, though, No, but we we were, weren't. we would study We were hard. like, we were We like cared. the nerdy, like funny girls that were like We were also the cute. nerdy daughters of immigrants, which is like, Oh, yeah. that's why you got to have that work ethic, literally, Oh, for because sure. both of us knew, like, we need to, like, make sure this experience counts for something. Oh, for Like, sure, for it wasn't sure. just like a fun little time for us to drugs and shit, like for Oh, other yeah, people. yeah, It yeah, wasn't yeah. like a little playground for us. We were like, oh, my God, this is our chance to like go to Ivy's, go to like really good schools. We definitely didn't take it for granted. That's Uh-huh. for Oh, for sure. sure. For sure. <laughs> No, but it was we heard good. of plenty of stories. I mean, Gabby was on the senior council. She heard Oh! <laughs> oh, stories man. probably every day of the crazy Oh, yeah. mess that would happen in Oh, the yeah. woods by our school. So... <laughs> There was just, there was, there was levels of privilege at our school and you knew what you were, what, what line of privilege, like you could follow and you knew where you fit into that. And I knew that I couldn't do certain things because I was on financial aid. And if the school found out that I was doing certain things, I would get kicked out. Um, and I would not be able to have a second chance because my parents couldn't pay, you know, for me to like re-enroll for a building or for a new building yeah, or donate something. So I was just like, okay, like this is go time. I can't like, you know, screw over that's <laughs> right any of my, you know, kind of just like the legacy I was trying to build for myself. So, yeah. Okay, so now we're going to kind of get into this next little segment where we're talking about, you know, what are the lessons learned throughout our time in high school? And then now, like, we both went to different schools. Obviously, Gabby went to a much bigger school, like, different vibes from Lafayette. Um, so pretty much we're going to kind of dive into what we've learned through that and just how to deal with difficult people in general, because it's going to happen in both personal life, professional life, like, you just have to figure out a way to deal with it, whether you like it or not, unfortunately, so. Yep. When you got a job, there's too much time. That's why you look at your watch like, ah, shit, 908. You don't even trust the time when you got a job. She'd be like, what time you got? 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 915? Whoever got the latest time is the right time. You got the right time. Okay, so to start us off, one of like the first things that both of us really learned in high school, especially in such a competitive environment, was to have a positive mentor, which can come in like so many different forms. Like, a mentor doesn't have to exactly be someone that's so much older than you, but it, it can be. And like, it can also just be someone that's around the same age. Me and Gab, we were almost like each other's like mentors. We literally Oh, yeah. would like coach each other on certain things. Yeah. That's how we got to where we were in college. Mm So hmm yeah, do you want to start off talking about any of your mentors Sure. you had? Okay, so, hmm. I definitely had a lot of amazing teachers that really helped me through the process, helped me learn how to write um, better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yes. because I think you have this expectation 
when you're going into schools like these that you're like the biggest brightest kid and so when you Mm -hmm. get there and English teachers are like you're Mm -hmm. writing needs some work um that's definitely a humbling experience um I will say though I was getting good grades in Mr. (laughs) um and it's because I went to him and I was like hey like I want to know what the key is to getting an A in this class like how do I do this um and he told me so it was really nice I'd say my biggest mentor was my advisor he was one of the only black professors I mean teachers at at the the school school. Mm -hmm. um so that was definitely why I gravitated towards him because he understood why I needed to have a certain work ethic and stuff like that um so that was really nice and then I also had another mentor who I don't know if you know about this Gretchen but she um is she went to Kent um way before we did um not way before she's not that old but um (laughs) she is amazing and I met her through a club that I was in and she's amazing and I'm still in contact she's like an older sister yeah she's like an older sister to me she's amazing um but it was really nice to have someone who had recently gone through the experience and was able to be like hey it gets better and like you know you're really, you know, working hard. So you're going to be successful. And it's really great. So those were the people that I had near me. um, And definitely like my friends and stuff were really helpful. Um, But it was really important to have guidance, especially when you're like living alone. Um, You're not with your parents anymore. And it's so Mm -hmm. tough to kind of have to figure everything out independently. So it's, it was really nice to have people that were like on our teams. Yeah, I agree. Especially in an environment like that, like with the mentor that you found in college, there are so few people who kind of understand what it's like to go through boarding school. It's such a privilege to go there, but also like the kind of boarding school that we went to is also just different from other people's boarding schools. Like even, you know, I meet certain people in college who had gone to, you know, a boarding school and lived there, but it just wasn't really the same environment. So they yeah. couldn't really relate completely. Maybe mm-hmm. their environment was more healthy because ours is not really the healthy. Oh yeah, because my brother, my older brother also went to boarding school, um, but his boarding school was right outside of New York City. It was in the suburbs of the city and he had an amazing experience. There were so many more kids of color, um, especially black kids. There were so many more black kids at his school and he had such a good time. Like teachers were great. Everyone was thriving. And I was like, So I think that was also really interesting for me. I mean, Gretchen's an only child, but I had kind of the experience of like my brother who was having a great time in high school. And I was like, what I want his experience. So that was definitely very interesting. Yeah, it's especially hard when you're almost comparing your experience to the great experience he had because you're like, yeah. why can't I have that same thing? But exactly, it's it's hard because really, even in college, we kind of noticed that with people that maybe thrived at our high school didn't mm-hmm. necessarily thrive in college. And oh, yeah. I feel like both me and Gabby were able to figure out how to make the most of our high school experience, even though mm-hmm. like sometimes it wasn't really a positive experience. And then yeah. we thrived in college and like yeah. we learned so much because of that. And I don't know necessarily if I would send my own kids to boarding school. It really depends on like <laughs> yeah. what they want, honestly. Yeah. But like at the same time, I feel like both of us like wouldn't really be the people we are today if we didn't go through that, you know? And there were a yeah. lot of just in general mental health issues going on yeah. at our school. Obviously people were like getting into drugs and shit. 
And me and Gabby were on the straight path. I feel like that kind of also taught us how to like continue to have that work ethic in college when people are mm-hmm. doing some nonsense too. Yeah. Obviously you can have fun. Like college, you also have so much more freedom than high school. Yeah. We literally had lights out in high school, like had to be <laughs> in bed by a certain time. Yeah. So that like rough. wasn't that much freedom to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But in college, we weren't like necessarily going so crazy like off the deep end like other yeah. people who like really didn't know how to deal with that level of independence true that's so true yeah i definitely saw that a lot because i also um went to junior boarding school mm-hmm. fun fact um so i left home when i was 12 which is crazy um Insane. so i really had to grow up very fast um and so by the time i got to kent I thought I knew this shit. I was like, I already went to boarding school. <laughs> um, so I had a little bit of an attitude in that sense that I was like, I know what I'm doing. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. And so I needed friends like Gretchen to like humble me um, and be like, Stop. I know because I was a mess and you know this, I thought I was smarter than everyone else. Like it was such a mess. I mean, maybe I was, but like, um, <laughs> I was very, you know, I know what I'm doing and very stubborn and stuff like that. So I kind of had to put myself in the mindset that, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. Socially, it was so different. I think people Mm -hmm. were so much more mature when I got to Kent. Um, I was like, wait, people are like hooking up, like what's going on. Um, So that was like a whole culture shock for me. Um, But I definitely learned a lot about myself and it was nice when I got to college. I like knew, Mm -hmm. you know, how to do it. Also, I'm just glad at school, even though both of us were like sounding boards for each other, we were always there to like support each other and help each other when we needed it. We were also just like independent because there were other people at our school you could not see them by themselves at school. What's the point of going to boarding school if you're not going to live an individual life? Yeah. You know? And so I think those people also struggled when they went to college. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure also in the workforce because they feel like this separation anxiety where they can't really do anything independently because they yeah. rely so heavily on like certain friends that they have that mm-hmm. they can't really make new relationships with other people. True, so. true. Yeah. I feel like that was where we got it right, where I'm glad we had that experience. Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely have like a positive mentor. That's like the first thing. And then the second thing, you got to just like be immune to any jealousy or toxicity, especially if you are in really competitive environment or like workplace, you need to know how to navigate that. So I'm just curious, Gabby, how are you able to navigate it when you know, professors or just people would be super childish and almost try mm-hmm. to like knock you down yeah. and be toxic. Yeah, um, I'd say the best advice for people who are jealous and stuff like that is to distance yourself. I mm. think that the best, it's, on, it's honestly sad because I think when you have someone where you're like, oh my gosh, this person can be my best friend. Like I trust them with everything and then they they are jealous of you and you know they're preying on your downfall they are very much pick knees in front of boys and all these things and so for me it took me a minute to kind of figure out like this is not what I need in my life um so I distance myself from it in terms of 
teachers that were childish because I had plenty of teachers that were trying to pick fights with me I was a child like I don't understand I was like I'm going to go and um tell someone so I think a lot of the times like always figure out a way um don't like suffer in silence that's the one thing I will say like if you see that you're treated like being treated unfairly like talk to someone talk to your advisor talk to your mentor I was always in the academic like advisor's office. Um, and she was basically the one who put all our classes together. And I would just be like, hey, this teacher is not acting right. Like she was their superior. So I was like, you need to talk to them because this is not, I'm not gonna do this right now. And a lot of it was just like, you can't match people's energy all the time because a lot of times, like if you go that low, it's hard to come back up from that. You could like ruin your reputation in terms of just like how people see you if you know someone's trying to like pick a fight with you and you you know let a certain side out that you don't want other people to see like that's just not healthy for you and you're gonna end up regretting that so for me I always just knew like if anything having people that were jealous and like you know toxic and stuff just told me that I was doing something right enough that people were looking at me and wanting to do the same Um, so I was just like, okay, um, I can't, you know, be upset at these people. It's a lot of insecurity. It's a lot of stuff that like I can't control. So all I could do is just like focus on what I need to do, not surround myself with people that were like really toxic and stuff like that. Um, and then if I had, you know, older people that were being toxic too, the best thing I did was just to show them like I, Um, and more mature than you are. And that was very embarrassing Mm -hmm. for them. The teachers either loved me or thought I was very challenging. Um, Mm -hmm. And if they thought I was challenging, that was their own fault. It was never mine. So I agree with that. That's what I could say. Yeah. I agree with that wholeheartedly because I feel like when you start to like level up and challenge Mm -hmm. someone and challenge like what's the norm or like their behavior that people have put up with for so long like people start to act different because people are intimidated and people are like offended by it they're like oh my god how could this like younger person try to like combat me but the thing is like you just said age doesn't equate to maturity you could be the oldest person in the room that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you're the most like mature like emotionally like intelligent like that doesn't mean anything the thing is like gabby just said like use your resources and like figure out like who you can go to to kind Mm -hmm. of talk through these things because there's always a solution like if someone's giving you a hard time if your boss or whoever is treating you really like unfairly like borderline like abusively like shouldn't be that's not normal like Mm -hmm. that's not normal and like there is a way that you can get out of that situation for sure and that kind of goes to the next point which is you really just want to kind of figure out like what are your non-negotiables that you have in mind for like the type of people you want to surround yourself with like the type of mentors that you accept and like also just what advice you take I feel like sometimes you need to kind of figure out like what's good for you what's bad for you and I'm curious with you Gabby like also going into college like a completely new environment where you didn't know anyone yeah how are you able to like draw that line of like I'm willing to like accept this. And then this is something that I like cannot stand. Yeah, I am very big on looking for patterns. Um, 
The second I see a pattern in someone that is similar to something else I saw in someone that I cut out of my life, <laughs> I was like, okay, um, you definitely don't deserve to be friends with me. Um, so I'm going to distance myself. Um, I think in that situation, being at Kent was very helpful because since we lived with people, you saw everyone's everything. Like you saw the stuff that people hide. You see like, you know, I think a lot of times people um, say like, oh, like the way you act at home is different than the way you act like outside. At Kent, you couldn't act differently. Like you were with people 24 seven, like you couldn't, you know, put on a different you know, show for people or do anything because, you know, you just didn't have the space to do that. Like we all had to be our authentic selves at like all times. Um, so having that definitely showed us um, a lot of personalities, um, a lot of good ones, That's a lot sure. of negative ones. Um, and also being around teachers, again, in this very intimate relationship where, you know, a lot of them lived with us and like, if they didn't live like with us in the dorms, like they lived very close by. Um, so having these relationships with people that are so raw and, um, kind of sometimes too close <laughs> that, um, going to college, I was like, okay, like I know how to deal with so many different kinds of people. Um, and if I never, interacted with someone's personality before like I was like oh this is like a new these are some new traits I was aware enough and took mental like I took enough mental notes to know like okay this is feeling a little similar to this other situation I had back in high school or even at home or anything like that so I was able to kind of be like okay um is this healthy for me <laughs> um and when I was just like okay no um I tried to kind of figure out a new solution Americans worship money and we all go to the same church the church at ATM <laughs> everywhere you look there's a new branch popping up reminding you about how much money you got or how much money you don't got and if it got less than twenty dollars, the machine won't even talk to you. All right, we are back and going off of our last little section on, you know, what even was our last section? Um, uh, oh I my don't, god, I have a set. Oh, our last little section was on having a set of non-negotiables in your mind, you know, realizing when like someone or something is crossing the line. So going off of this, both of us have personal experience with the next one, but uh, the next key piece of advice that we really want to mention is, you know, dealing with people that aren't as genuine and kind of maybe try to use you to their own advantage. So like, like I said before, like when you start to level up, some people start to act different. Sometimes they're really mean and then sometimes maybe they're fake and two-faced. So what is your piece of advice with that, Gabby? Oh man, okay. So I would say that you have to be very aware of your surroundings. Um, when you are starting to look for that new job or apply for college, I did not talk to people about college. I was very, I don't want to say it was very like secretive or like sneaky or anything like that. 
um, because I really didn't care as much as I was just like, I knew that if I put that information out there, that would bring in really negative energy. Um, because even when I didn't put information out there, people figured out schools um, that I could potentially have been applying to. And we're already creating like false scenarios in their head. Um, people thought I wanted to go to school with my brother because um, he mm. went to Columbia and I did not. And so the kids that wanted to go to Columbia were like, oh my God, God, use my competition. I was like, I don't even want to go there. Um, so that's weird. Um, but definitely like protecting your energy is so important. And if that means like not sharing things sometimes, like that's what you have to do. Definitely always have those people around you, those best friends that you can like share anything with like unconditionally. And it's so nice because you know, they're not going to be, you know, jealous or anything like that. And they're being very encouraging, but definitely like, you know, make sure that those people around you that you're calling your best friends are um, people that are doing that because I, in the past have um, very much struggled (laughs) with sometimes getting very close with people um, very fast and trusting people very quickly and being like, oh my gosh, like, this is what I want to do and yada, yada, yada. And they were just taking these mental notes and being like, this is great. Now I can copy everything she's doing. I can compete with her. I could do all these things. I could be very like spiteful. Sometimes when you're telling people things that you think they're like, oh my gosh, this is great stuff. Like great news for me. Like sometimes people you think are supposed to be like, oh my God, yes. Like I'm so happy for you are not. So definitely pay attention to how people react to your good news. That is the best thing I could say, because a lot of people will either be like, oh my God, you know, this is great. I'm so happy for you. And it will be so genuine. And you'll know when that's genuine, because those people have reacted to little things the same way. Um, If people are only reacting very, um, you know, they're so excited for you and stuff like that for the big things and not the little things. Those are not people that you need to keep around because they only see your importance when you're doing something that they think can value them or benefit them. And that's, that's not, you know, the kind of relationship you want to keep. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think also making sure that you're aware of how people talk about the relationship you have with them um I've had people like not gassing it up way over its head yeah like you can't be around people that are doing too much too because like the worst thing I think you can have is someone around you that consistently puts you on a pedestal um because that's weird like I've had situations Mm. or like they're just gassing me up way too much and I saw that with like Greek life. And it was just like, I was putting myself in situations where people were like, oh my God, like, I love you, blah, blah, blah. And I like fell for it, you know? Like, I was like, oh my God, they really care about it. No, they don't. Like, they were just like doing what they needed to do um, to get, you know, yeah. the person that I mean, they tokenism. That's, exactly. That's especially, the key. You have to be careful, especially if you're like a person of color, um if you guys didn't already realize I am a black girl so I definitely have always had to deal with people who are like oh my god like I want you to be my friend because I think you're so funny and it's like I am funny but um it's like what what reason like do you want me to like entertain you um 
I'm not going to do that. So like definitely making sure that you're around people that value you for you. And they're not trying to like, you know, fill some kind of like void void or like, you know, check something off their list of like experiments. Um, you don't want to be fetishized either because Mm, I have dealt with a lot in my lifetime, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, but you have to make sure that you're very, you know, aware Selective. and observant about like how people are talking about you. If if people are like, you know, trying to embarrass you, that's the biggest thing. If yes. people try to embarrass you in front of other people, red flag. Your friend, they don't Run. like you. Red. They actually hate you. <laughs> Run. You have to Literally. get out. You have to go. I completely agree. Like going off of that exact whole, just seeing what someone's motive is. Is there a hidden motive? Like, are they asking you about yourself or whatever it may be that might seem nice initially to get something out of you later on? You know, because there are people like that, unfortunately, especially like going into entertainment, like people, someone always wants something. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even coming up in entertainment, like you just need to be genuine because sometimes people are like super like two faced and just yeah. want something out of you. And that's the only reason that they're celebrating you. And yeah. just what Gabby said with, you know, pay attention to the people that celebrate the little things and the big things. Pay attention to the people that celebrate the good times and are there for you when it's not so good because if someone's only there or like patting your back or texting you or keeping in touch with you when it's good like they know that stuff is going for you Mm -hmm. that is a red flag like obviously life gets busy and like it's hard to keep in touch all the time Mm -hmm. but if someone's only at your door or calling you up when things are going good red flag you already know it's they're not supposed to do that because that's not what a friendship is like imagine you were very close with a sibling um because I didn't have you know Gretchen didn't have siblings but I don't have any sisters so I was just like oh my gosh like you know Gretchen and a lot of my best friends like especially from high school like are sisters to me and if you have a sibling really love they have seen you at your very worst. And as I was saying before, like, because that can't, like, we couldn't hide from each other. We all saw each other at our worst. Like we all saw it. Everything was out in the open. You couldn't even cry in your room alone because you had a roommate and she was like, girl, why are you sniffling under your blanket? So I feel like always make sure you're paying attention to like what time they are coming into your life. Because I've had Mm -hmm. situations where um, people... Uh, were just fully haters like they would just like copy everything I was doing and I will say this that the best advice that I can give you guys when you're looking for friends and doing stuff and like figuring out how to trust people make sure that you are evaluating someone holistically instead of picking like one thing that you have in common with them and running with it I tend to run with race I will see someone I'll be like oh my god we are both black this girl is going to be like a sister to me. That is not the case because at the end of the day, like people are people, like anyone could be jealous. Anyone could be toxic. Anyone could be a hater. So believing that because you share something in common with someone else makes them not susceptible to being those bad things is going to hurt you so many times. So for me, I trusted people that I shouldn't have trusted. I got really close to people that I shouldn't have gotten close with. And people will use those things to get really close with you and try to be like, well, we're the only one. So like, we got to stick together. And 
that's great if that's what we're actually doing. But if that's not mm. what we're doing and you have some motive behind my back where you're like, I only want to be friends with you because I think you're my competition, then that's not fair to me. That's not fair, you know, to you guys, if you have that friend that is doing that. So always just be cautious that you're not, that you're staying true to those non-negotiables, that you're not giving people passes because you think that because they're this, because they like, you know, are from the same place I'm from, or because like, you know, they experienced the same thing that I experienced that they can't hurt you. Always think that like anyone can turn sour. If you have that mentality, you know, you'll know, like at the end of the day, you'll have your, you know, day ones. Just make sure that you're paying attention to how people are talking about you. I've had in situations in college, which was really upsetting. um, I had people that were like, you know, calling me their best friend a lot. And so I was just like, because you're calling me that, I'm not going to pay attention to how you're not a good friend to me. Pay attention to how people are talking about your relationship with them because they could be trapping you and you don't even Mm -hmm. know it. Like if at the end of the day, if you feel like someone is truly your best friend, they don't have to say it all the time because you know that's your right guy. Like you know that they're with you all the time. You know the people who you're going to be, you know, who are going to be your bridesmaids. Like you know that. And if you're having any kind of difficulty with the relationship and they kind of sense that and they're like, but you're my best friend, like run because that Mm -hmm. person is not your best friend. Like they know that you're distancing yourself and they want to bring you back in. And pay attention to those times when they're reeling you back in because a lot of times it's because they need something from you. Make sure that you're not the only one doing favors in the relationship because mm-hmm. a lot of people I've seen are like, Gabby, I need your network. I need your relationships. I need your advice. And then when it's time to help me, they are selfish. They don't want to give me information. They don't want to help me. They don't want to do this, but they expect me to like run to their, you know, door when they need um, help with something so pay attention to how people are moving because in the long run that will help you just overall feel safer in the environments and the relationships that you are in I agree and especially friendship like sometimes like it's a give and take sometimes someone's not at their 100% sometimes you're not at your 100% and that's any relationship but the thing is where you need to be mindful is also when you're just blindly going into things thing obviously everyone has their own like little flaws and things about them that's what makes them unique but then if you're really just not even acknowledging the bad sides or bad times that you've had together and only Mm -hmm. looking at the good that is so toxic and that's when you try to fall into the pattern of like oh i can fix them like there's this one good aspect of them i can help fix all their flaws like no if they're not working on that on their own Mm -hmm. you can't completely change a person it's really difficult to deal with that especially when there's someone so close to you you know what i mean because some people also can be unfortunately pathological liars like there are just certain (laughs) things where someone might not always be like a loyal or truthful person and you know as people that like actually want to help other people it's difficult because then you're like oh i see that they're struggling Mm -hmm. i really want to help them you know i'm just going to ignore this and try to fix them but at a certain point you need to kind of offload that to someone else give them professional help you know whatever it may be but it's not always up to you to be the friend that's like fixing them yeah yeah, it's a hard pill to swallow, but yeah, it's draining. It, it's really draining to be that person because 
if you feel like you're spending so much time fixing someone else, do you have time to improve yourself? Because that's mm. the most important thing is you. So if you're spending so much time being like, oh my gosh, my friend is like going through all this stuff. You know, at the end of the day, like Gretchen said, like, you know, when your friends are at their low point and you will be there for them. But if you're seeing that, that they kind of always are like asking things of you and they're always, you know, doing stuff, you're going to be like, this is draining. If something's draining, don't, don't do it anymore. Don't be putting yourself in that situation because at the end of the day, some people will purposefully try to drain you because they don't want to see you win and thrive and I had seen that like I was always you know the one to be like oh my gosh I'm rooting for you I'm gonna help you do all these things and they were like behind my back trying to sabotage me and I was like what is this I thought we were coming up together like what is what is going on because you don't want people to drain you so much that you kind of are losing yourself yeah you want to fill up your own cup before like It's difficult because obviously mental health is such a hot topic. Like our generation is so glued to our phones. People feel lonely. It's really difficult just because we grew up with like advanced technology. Like it's going to happen where people are going to feel that way. I feel like what Gabby just said with letting them know that you're there for them, but making sure that you take time for yourself to like do the things that you love and the things that like will help your own mental health and give yourself Mm -hmm. a break. And that's also why just in general, whether it be school or work or whatever it is, you need to have like a work-life balance because even when we were in the library for long days, like sometimes we weren't even productive because we were so burnt out. And like, I wish that we knew sooner, like it's not even about the amount of time you spend in the library. It's about like, okay, you grind for like three hours and then we could hang out and watch a show. So like get into that kind of rhythm, whether you're at school or work where you're not completely burning yourself out, like stretching yourself thin and make sure you have like a balance. Yeah, yeah. This is completely unrelated in a way, but one other thing that we wanted to touch on is especially in the workplace, obviously you want to take advantage of opportunities that come your way especially like you kind of when you're growing into yourself like you know your worth and you're like okay like i know that i'm deserving of getting you know a yes and not getting rejected but the thing is with that even you know if you're taking a long time to kind of apply to internships apply to whatever you shouldn't always take the first thing that comes your way So Gabby, what's your advice with that? Like being patient, even when you're grinding. I'd say that it's so hard to like believe and hear this because I think when you're in a place where you feel like nothing's going your way, that you're like, how, how can there be like a good, you know, ending to this? But truly, like my mom always said this growing up, one door closes, another one opens. You know, everyone faces rejection. Everyone has their ups and downs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But if you kind of just like are like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I have this opportunity and I just need to take it because, um, you know, that's the first one that came my way. Like you could actually be missing out on something that was actually better for you. Um, that, you know, a job offer that could come like a week after that or something like that. So just knowing what your priorities are, I think non-negotiables also apply to like the workplace. Obviously, I'd say that um, you can learn 
something from any experience, any job, anything like that. So like, even if I've had a negative internship, that's like not been <laughs> productive or good. Like I learned something, you know, maybe about like a personality type that I'd never really seen before, like how to deal with like a bad boss or something like that. So I was like, okay, I learned something productive from this. But just knowing your worth is so important, especially as a woman, especially as a woman of color, um, because people will try to act like you don't know what you're doing. Um, people will, when people think you don't know what you're doing, they will take advantage of you because they think you're dumb. Don't let people think you're dumb because once you let people think you're dumb, they will show it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's never good for you because that, you know, will end up being really just not a good experience overall. So just making sure that you um, know and create boundaries too when you're at work. Like don't yeah. let, you know, the young, you know, assistant or something like that, like pile things on your desk. Like don't do that because at the end of the day, like they know what they're doing. They think you're dumb. Yeah. Like they, they know that, you know, you're not supposed to be getting all this work or, you know, always stay aware, make sure you know what people are doing. If you see one person is not doing shit, like <laughs> give them something to do. Literally. I have to happen in internships where I'm like, because I was like the best intern, uh, people were giving me all the work and I was like no <laughs> because no there are other interns that could be doing stuff and they don't mm-hmm. have anything to do so actually you should pass this on to them because they could be doing that um instead literally of, um because I was like I don't have the bandwidth to be doing all these things yes so that's easy. the way to say it yeah. I don't have the bandwidth yeah and it's it's so easy like I think um when you do reach that level in your job where you're the one that everyone is like, yes, like she is such a hard worker. Um, sometimes people will try to like do too much and give you way too much to do. Um, and you just need to remind people you are not the only one doing this job. Exactly. Like, there are other people because at the end of the day, when you put it this way, I always thought about it this way. If we say there's like four of us, you know, working a job and we're all the same title, getting paid the same amount, why am I the one doing all the heavy lifting? No, 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 no. See, that's where they try to get you because they're like, oh my God, she knows how to do the work so well. No, at the end of the day, if I'm doing work and you're like, oh my God, she does it so well. We should give her the more important things. Like you have to promote me. Like you have to, um, you know, pay your due diligence. Like I can't just be doing this just for just for free. Like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. So if you're for free, get paid ladies. Oh yeah. You gotta get paid. Like don't do anything for free. Don't let people take advantage of you. Um, it's kind of like the best friend thing. Like some people will like antagonize you. Be like, Oh my God, they'll do something really messy to you and be like, but we're best friends. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, some people at work (laughs) will give you stuff and they'll be like, because you're the best. That's why you get all the fucking mm, to be doing and it's like no <laughs> um no I don't like that obviously I think it's very different um this is the only way I could be like mm, the exception to this which is important because Gretchen and I are both going into entertainment and sometimes this is like a little line that people kind of don't know where um they fall on but I will say in my experience sometimes sometimes you you should like do those projects that they're like oh this is really important if it is actually important if it's not important they're just saying that just be like okay 
know what is actually like a priority. But if you see that your boss is giving you those more important projects, more confidential because they trust you and stuff like that, take them up on that opportunity and leverage the heck out of it. Make sure that like when you have that project and you're doing stuff and you're doing the heavy lifting because they think you're the best, make it known that like you want something in return, whether that be a job offer after the internship or they help you get a job um, that's the position I'm in right now. Like some, some places I worked, I put in so much work, more work than I probably should have. Um, and I'm leveraging that. I'm like, you guys owe me. <laughs> you guys have to help me out now because I really helped you guys, um, uh, when I didn't have to. Um, and it's because I wanted to learn, but I also like wanted to see the company do well, you know, like I wanted to see everyone kind of thriving. So it's so difficult. Cause I hate this phrase of like paying your dues. Um, but I think sometimes when you're in a job and you, you can kind of see how to finesse things. I am like the queen of finessing. I love to finesse things. So like if you could see that you're finessing something, you know, if, if you do this one project and you can get really close with one of the assistants because you help them out or you can get really close with one of the executives, like take, take that project because that will help you out. But if you've taken a project and you see no gain or benefit of doing it, um, and you truly don't have the time, like, don't do it. <laughs> so it's like a waste of your talent to be doing things that are not important that someone else could be doing. Um, when you could be doing something that actually showcases how, you know, creative you are, or how, you know, I don't know any good trait that you have. Tell the kids the truth. Tell the kids the truth. Say, hey, kids, check this out. Check this out. You could be anything you're good at as long as they're hiring. Okay, now to tie this all together, the title of the episode is The Chris Rock of It All. So why not talk about Chris Rock in the end? Yes. Um, but the whole incident with the slap and everything, how yeah. Chris Rock really handled that situation with Grace, and he mm -hmm. also didn't necessarily burn a bridge. So yeah. what is your opinion on how Chris Rock handled everything with Grace? Yeah, um, it's definitely so interesting because that was horrific. Like, I don't know, it's so horrible to be like, you know, degraded in that way. Television. Yeah, so I think the way he handled it uh, truly was just, I think, a shock reaction because I don't know what I would do if someone slapped me in the face. Um, but the way he handled it after was just so amazing. He, you know, definitely took the high route, um, which was really honorable. And I think so many people in the industry were like, wow, like so many people, I think, would have reacted so differently than he did. Um, but he just took it uh, with you know, he made, he's a comedian. Like he made it. Funny. He made it he into a like, joke. He was like, Will Smith just smacked me. I would have done the same thing. Like I would have been so shocked that I probably would have started uncomfortably laughing. But I think the one thing is that like, just with respectability politics, if you don't know what that is, look it up. I don't, I, yeah, it's, it's basically like, you know, as a black person, um, society holds you to such a high standard and it's like, in order to be successful, you always have to be uh, respectable and, you know, cool, calm and collected all the time and putting like, you know, your best foot forward and, you know, just being 
so like corporate and so like having to fit these standards. So for him, um, and I think that's why Will Smith, like, you know, it was so tough because like a lot of times we don't get second chances. So, you know, it's, it's really tough to always have to like have the burden of always feeling like you are the representation of your entire race. So the way that he handled it was just so graceful because at the end of the day, like, you know, we, no one wants to see like two black men fighting and he knew that. And so he was like, I don't want to ruin this guy's career. I know it was a mistake. And that was so bold of him and brave of him to do because he easily could have ended Will Smith's career. Like he easily could have been like, blacklist this man no one hire him he's crazy like all this stuff but he didn't he was just like maybe that joke was just you know didn't go over well and and he was just like you know he didn't really villainize will smith which was really good i think because everyone makes mistakes so yeah definitely like in that case you know he did what he needed to do and he made sure that he didn't look like terrible after that i mean people had their jokes for a little bit but at the end of the day everyone was like, you know, very pro Chris Rock because no one should slap someone else. Literally, and I feel like it's so hard because right now it feels like it's a big story, but at the end of the day, it's gonna be a blip in history. Oh yeah. No one's going to remember that. If they do, it's going to be like one second of conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing at the end of this all to kind of take away. You're going to like make mistakes in your life, personally, professionally. It's really at the end of the day, like how you make someone else feel. If you slip yeah. up, handle it with grace and like do better. Like it's not, yeah. it's not a big deal. Not not everyone's always watching you. Mm -hmm. You're not the center of it all. So if something happens, you have time to make up for it and do better. So yeah, yeah, you're allowed to make mistakes. So don't let people make you feel bad about making this, especially if you're in an internship or like an entry level position, like you're gonna make mistakes. So don't let people, you know, get too you know, crazy about it because it's honestly not that big of a deal. If anything, you just learned how to do it right and you'll do it right the next time. So it's fine. Oh my God. Okay. I've loved having you on Gabby to close off this episode. I have one last question for you. Maybe the most important sure. of them all is uh, what era do you see yourself in right now? Oh, my era. Um, I think right now I'm trying to enter my Issa Rae era I oh. really want to just be that boss that like takes my life in, you know, by the throat and really just like tackles everything that comes my way, all the challenges. Um, I just want to start doing what I want to do now. And when I'm young, um, kind of like what Donald Glover did, because like, I know I'm talented and I know that I could do it. Um, and as much as people try to project and try to be like, you know, pay your dues and do all this stuff. Like, I know you could do things by finessing them. So I am ready to finesse and get to the point where I need to be creatively and, you know, job wise and just make things I want to do. Um, so right now I just want to create things that are cool that other people can relate to. Um, so I'm definitely feeling like I'm in my young Issa Rae era right now. Oh my God, Gabby, thank you. The queen of finesse on the pod, <laughs> making her grand debut. Thank you so much, Gabby. Thank you, Gretchen.